you're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers. We love giving tips on starting and running your own float center. And of course, you can find us on Facebook at Art of the Float, on Twitter and Instagram at Art of the Float. And the thing we love most is hearing your voice. You can leave us a voicemail using what's called a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. Click the gold bar on the left side of the screen and you can leave us a voicemail. And uh, you can also visit artofthefloat.com to check out any uh, notes, links, pictures that we uh, might discuss on the show. It'll all be there as well. I am one of your co-hosts, Dylan Calm. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm, who is now seven months pregnant, by the way. Very exciting. And uh, I am joined by Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Hi, Amy. Hey, y'all. And Lance Foss of uh, the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta. Hello, everyone. And uh, I figured it, you know, we did a little bit of a reset last episode, but maybe we should do a little bit more of one today. Just a little background, or maybe not background, but just the status of our centers, where we're at. So as you guys know, I'm in, uh, as I mentioned, in Portland, Oregon. We have a now four float tank center. We had had three for about four years till four and a half years. We recently added a fourth float tank. Uh, we have an acupuncturist, and we currently have now four uh, massage rooms as well. Uh, we have two therapists, and we used to have a yoga studio. It's still in our uh, the float shop uh, buildings. We have two 1900s buildings that we uh, operate out of, but we have, um, as of, I th- gosh, we're probably near a year now, uh, handed it over to uh, Zenality Yoga, who is now running our yoga. And I think that covers what we do at the float shop. Amy, what do you do at Float Nashville? Yeah, so we are in Nashville, Tennessee, a.k.a. Music City, a.k.a. (laughs) Buckle of the Bible Belt. (laughs) And we have a a lovely small three-tank center, and currently that is all we do. We are working on expanding, but uh, we got a ways to go. So uh, (laughs) nice, cozy three-tank center with an escape pod and oasis and uh, my business partner uh, created a beautiful mm-hmm. magnificent open float tank it is a beautiful float tank yeah. lance how about yourself uh, i'm from red deer alberta canada all of canada as i like to say <laughs> i don't know how that really came to be but uh yeah we have three float tanks we run three oasis float tanks and i have a uh, with a business partner, Matthew DeRouge. He is the man. And, uh, yeah, we've been op- open just over two years now. So it's been fun. Excellent. It's been fun. Oh, yeah. and I should also mention, uh, also co-founder of the Canadian Float Collective, which nice. is a non-profit organization, which we're basically a bunch of float center owners and float people who have gathered together to collectively help sort of unite the industry and get things moving forward that's awesome i love it oh my goodness how are you guys weeks going (laughs) it has been busy since i got back from portland oregon uh the ground running is that right so any downtime (laughs) not yet Not (laughs) not yet but i hear you have had some yeah. A little bit there, Mr. Dylan Calm. Yeah. Uh, I took a break, you know. It's funny. I, I think just because, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't uh, 
try to get too many sympathy points for this. And it's not really sympathy, but I know it, it, people, you know, you, you have your, your flying expenses, your flights, the time it takes, maybe you're shut down. There are people who are at the float conference who are mid construction and they stop construction, uh, or they actually are operating and they have to shut down because they don't have employees yet or enough employees or limited hours. And so when they get back, it's right back to the grindstone and right back to running the business. And we've, uh, the float shop has experienced that in the past, but it's not quite the same level as you guys who are flying from out of the country or on the other side of the country. I mean, you just throw travel into something and it makes it much more difficult. I mean, there were float conferences where I was mid conference, I'd get a text from the shop and I'd have to go drive over there and work on something and come back. And while that's nice, it's actually, well, there are pros and cons to that <laughs> mentally and emotionally, but, but, um, where was I going with that? Um, this conference w was nice in that we got to just completely disconnect from the float shop because it just, it runs itself. I mean, that's day to day how it operates now, which is awesome. But, uh, but people are hanging out before and after the float conference. So the float conference kind of begins a little bit earlier for us because we do like to be around for people visiting. Uh, not that we get to see everybody by any means. And then afterwards, people are still popping into the shop or um, just ran into a few uh, float conference people and we, we ended up having lunch together or a late, late breakfast. So um, it uh, is a lot of fun. It's also exhausting <laughs> and the emails are building up and everything, everything's just building. And so Sandra was like, we got to get out of here. Let's get out of here. We took a, we took a little vacation. We went camping. It was so good. We went to Lost Lake in Oregon. Um, little did I know, like, of course the emails are still building up and everything. So <laughs> I, I found that out when I got back that that's the cost of going on vacation. But I, I want to tell a little, an interesting story that's not float related at all, but, um, we went to Lost Lake and there were no camping sites available. We, we were driving around, driving around, driving around, couldn't find anything until we found one campsite that had, a, some, some highlighter marker on it. So we went to take a look at the, um, the ticket that says, you know, it's reserved and it said that the person had canceled and that it, it was available, but the wording was kind of funky. So I took the ticket. I left Sandra there at the campsite, and uh, I went looking for the camp uh, camp host. Found him, and he's like, "Yeah, I wrote that, but I don't, I don't really remember exactly what the situation was." So go to the go to the uh, the camp store where you buy your registration. If it's not taken, it's yours. I was like, "Cool." Found the store, uh, went in there and um, said, hey, I found this ticket and, you know, I'm not not really sure if it's if this place is taken or not. And they're like, nope, it's available. It's yours. It's like, sweet, awesome. Got a campsite. The only the only one available paid for it and was just starting to turn around and walk out the door when uh, somebody said that that space just got sold. And a woman was like, What? And I stopped and she started talking. They pointed me out as the person who, who just purchased it. And, and uh, this woman was very upset because she thought she had claimed it and had talked to Dave, the camp host, and, uh, and quote unquote reserved it. But she didn't set up a tent, which is, I guess, how you officially signify while camping that you've saved a spot. So they're, they're explaining that to her. She's getting very upset. I'm very chill <laughs> i'm out in nature not getting getting a lot of rise out of this or adrenaline and um we kind of had a back and forth i was just trying to figure out her situation and then finally i was like it sounds like this is yours uh i'll just i'll just return mine and and it's yours and so they returned mine she bought it and i was 
I don't know. I figured we'd figure something out, but I wasn't sweating it too hard because our life is good. I don't know. I, it's just, it, it seemed like it was stressing her out more than it was stressing me out. And I know we were going to figure something out. Well, somebody had been watching this whole event transpire who works for the campground. Found out his name is, well, he goes by Skinny. You'll never guess why they call him that. And he uh, he says, hey, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you a camping spot. I was like, cool, thanks. And he drives me out to a picnic spot right on the lake. And he says, I really liked your attitude. You just kept so calm during that whole thing. So I want to make sure that you got just a great spot. And I said, that's really funny that you say that. My last name is Calm. <laughs> and he, he got a good chuckle out of that. And Sandra and I, instead of being a full drive away from the lake, got to camp on the lake of Lost Lake. And it was so good. And it was just a nice little, like, I don't know, kind of good Samaritan karma thing that happened instantaneously. And I could have fought for it and pissed somebody off, by all means. It, it was by by the campsite's definition, it was mine, but uh, it was just kind of cool, just a sweet moment that we got to uh, be kind, be well to to people, and kind of got something back, you know. And of course, that's not always what it's about, but um, that was cool. That was a cool moment for me, and uh, yeah. And then we vegged out, played board games, read books, and went did a lot of playing in the water, kayaking, floating on floaties, and swimming. It was awesome. So good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. We also had an employee meeting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, I still did come home and and see all the emails that had built up and all that. But the the other thing, and by the way, here's the funny thing that I'm sure you guys can relate to as well, which is you get so many ideas from the float conference. You get so inspired. And so by being distracted with other things or taking a vacation, it's like, I'm chomping at the bit. I want to get to this. And so it, it... it's like, wow, it's been over a week, and now I'm finally getting really back into the groove here. Um, we also had an employee meeting uh, today. We have a monthly employee meeting, and uh, it was just such a good meeting. It gelled so well, and just one of the one of the things I want to mention from it was that uh, we talked about the efficiency of our transitions because we've been having a little bit of difficulty, and it came up during the float conference time um, that uh, – we know there's so many massages booked, there's so many floats booked that we feel over um, with only two people working. It's just, it's too much. Or if everything goes right, as Sandra puts it, we get by. But as soon as something goes wrong, you know, somebody stays too long in a float tank, something like that, a discussion has to take too long, then it, um, it impacts the whole transition. So we talked about that. And just one of the things that we came up with was having all the cleaning supplies in the room so every single room you're not bringing in a cart or anything (laughs) into each room every room is self-sufficient so as soon as you walk in there you can take care of everything put it away and you're on to your next room so uh we're gonna order some new tables for the rooms and uh that that can hide our uh cleaning supplies and we'll we'll see how that goes Um, i'm excited about that I'll tell you what, we did that. Um, we started oh. out with that. And we actually color coordinated all the supplies per room. So each room has its own color. Cool. Because what was happening in the beginning is people were forgetting. They no longer had to carry things. So they mm. would carry them. And then all of a sudden, like, there would be like, three bottles of, of H2O2 in one room, and et cetera. Uh, but it's, uh, now that everybody's kind of fallen into it, it has made a huge difference for us. And it does make transitions a lot easier. So enjoy that. <laughs> cool. You know, something else was that we decided to, when talking to each other during a transition, instead of using the name rooms, because we, we do use names, we've got 
Floatarium, Tranquility, Infinity, and uh, Nautilus. And so instead of using those names, we decided to designate a number to each one just so we can communicate faster during the transition. And it may even evolve to <laughs> just like putting a finger up and then finger down, you know, if it needs more time or something like that. We were talking a little playfully about that one. We'll see if that actually becomes a reality, but uh, just kind of cool. I, it was just kind of fun and, and uh, love refining it, you know which we have to do now. So that was my week. How about you guys? Lance, what, what have you been up to? Just chilling? Uh, no, I've been hustling. <laughs> yeah. I've been working hard. Um, I believe it. Just trying to tie up a bunch of loose ends and, and get in a groove, get in a rhythm, be consistent with some of the things I'm doing. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's been really good. We've, um, yeah, like Amy, it's been busy since after the conference. But well, you went to we've reached, a music festival, Shambhala, and then you got back, you went straight to the float conference. Yeah, I was back for like five days or four days and then straight to the conference and and then back right to the grind. I think we got in at like one thirty in the morning and I slept at the float center and and 7.30 I was up to, to open. So <laughs> And then I worked, yeah, all day and then I came and recorded a podcast that night. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of hustling. So just chill. Um, yeah. What I said yeah. earlier. It feels just good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It feels good that a uh, conference was a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of inspiration, a lot of ideas, a lot of motivation. There's a lot of fires lit. You know, it's, um, you know, if there's no other reason to attend the conference, it's it's because feeling everyone else's motivation and inspiration just rubs off on you. You know, you see all these people that are so excited to get going or just opened up and, you know, all the people that have run in for five, six years and everyone gets together and that motivation just, uh, it tickles you. <laughs> so, nice. but yeah, got lots done. But we recently, that's where I was going with that. Sorry. <laughs> We've recently launched. Um, so in our area, we had these coupon books go out and, we were part of these coupon books, and there was 5,000 of them that went out around central Alberta, and we had a free float in each of those. Oh, but wow. we have, yeah, there's $35,000 in floats that we handed out. And Interesting. the reason why we did this, this was to fill up our slow times. So... We the coupons are restricted to certain times of day oh, cool. and certain days of the week, and so you know this goes back to keeping your tank full a hundred percent of the time, trying to just stay as full as you can no matter what. Um, this has brought in a ton of new clients. Like our our slow times are now our busy times, <laughs> and um, our busy times are still doing quite well, but. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, when we're bringing someone in for free like this, our biggest, we want to convert them. We don't just want them to be right, a shopper, right. someone who buys once. We want to um, convert them to, you know, someone who, who comes again or incorporates this as their practice. So we offer them, um, we say thank you for supporting the Wounded Warriors campaign. We have an offer for you, you know, and where we give two floats for $99. So... That's able to convert those people to, you know, try and get that them that three float number. So do you, um, do you have we're a, not getting... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say we're not getting the highest conversion rate on that because uh, it is targeted to, you know, a demograph who, you know, likes likes the, the deals or oh, maybe yeah. can't afford a, a full float. But 
the people that we're getting through our doors are a lot of people that suffer from PTSD or, you know, work in high stress because this campaign is called the Wounded Warriors, where it's helping veterans um, who've been wounded or are ill and, and their families. So um, it, it's amazing how, how tonight we're going to be touching on that side of things during the podcast. And this is a campaign that just went out and I've really just started to see um, the veterans and the people of PTSD, well, that are actually coming to us saying I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. That's all new to me. This is a whole new demograph for us. So it's, it's really, you know, our, our employee when we were gone um, had two people coming out of the rooms crying because th- their float was so <laughs> wonderful. And, um, you know, it, it, this is great. And I, I'm excited to be bringing these people through the door and it's really reaching a market that we never targeted. It's not our mm-hmm. target market, but it's creating a ton of brand awareness and our phone is constantly ringing oh. with questions and we're able oh. to, well, people will call and say, Oh, I heard about you guys, but I'm claustrophobic. Well, let's educate <laughs> you on yeah. what we can do for that. And you know, it's, it's doing good for us, but we still Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were finishing up. Um, one thing I was going to ask is, you know, there may not be a high conversion rate, but are you seeing more uh, things on social media, people mentioning mm-hmm. you, doing some pictures, tagging you, that sort of thing? Oftentimes, I find that we, when we, we give away quite a few free ones as well, and even if they don't convert, we do get a lot of value out of it, and they still get value out of their float as well. So have you seen that return? Yeah, we've definitely seen activity increase on um, on everything. So it, it's doing its job. It's doing what it has to do. That's really interesting. And it, yeah, but we don't we don't do any group bonds. We don't really do any sales. If we do have a sale, it's combining a package or multiple floats or something like that. Um, so this is this is our first time trying it. These coupons are good for one year. So we'll see how this this goes for us. Maybe fine and dandy now, but who knows? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It really brings me back to the the root of everything, and it's helping people, you know? And you're seeing these people that may not be able to afford a float, and you're you're getting them through your doors, and, and you're helping them. They're smiling and in some way, shape, or form. Maybe without them even knowing, it's it's changing them. So, I love the idea of sufferers of PTSD loving their experience. You know, like really, truly getting something out of it. That's uh, well, gosh, that's kind of what our topic is. I mean, specifically, our topic tonight is is veterans at the at the float conference. The the speakers uh, who are veterans and benefited from floating, but uh, just it's such a sweet spot. It feels, it feels good to make a difference like that, to impact somebody's life positively that way. Um, I, it is interesting to me when, when you said free, my body clenched up <laughs> to me. That's like, Oh shoot. No, I, I wouldn't do it that way, but that's not to say it's not the right way. And like Amy pointed out, social media increasing, you're, you're almost doing more so a, uh, awareness raising campaign. Plus, you still are getting mm-hmm. people in the float tank in the first place to experience it. And that person is going to be talking about it. Like, there's no way they're going to go out throughout the rest of their week and not mention that they just floated, you know? So that is fascinating. And I love that you did it um, with restrictions on times that they can come in so it doesn't impact your business negatively. That's that's so interesting and cool. Yeah, and... Um 
you know, not everyone enjoys that when they're calling in, but it's, it's, we're doing, the reason why we gave those out is to help people to raise awareness and to help keep our tanks full, even during the slow times, you know, so, um, it's very, is strategically thought out. Cool. Good. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. You didn't just do that and you're completely overwhelmed and regretting it. That, no. That's good. <laughs> no. Amy, do you have any other thoughts on, on that? Um, no, I, I'm a, actually, I'm a fan of giving away floats. Uh, we do quite a bit itself. I feel that giving away floats is a lot more, oftentimes a lot more powerful than discounting. Hmm. Um, when you, especially when it's given as a gift or, um, which gosh, Lance is giving an amazing gift to his community right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I am a huge fan of it. Um, so that said, here I am. We actually did a campaign. We actually did do a sale this week, very last minute. Uh, but I'm very careful about how we do our sales. Uh, and I debated on this one, uh, but uh, one of our employees was affected by the flood uh, in Louisiana. Oh. Um, her mother was evacuated from her home. Her sister lost her home. Um, there's a lot of tragedy there. And I think... Uh, we ended up uh, doing discount in exchange for some supplies. They're stuffing a truck to send down to Louisiana to help with the community. And I think that's awesome. When you know, it's something like I said. I usually think these things out a little bit better. Um, but uh, when one of your own employees is involved, sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you do things spontaneously. But much like Lance, one thing we did think about is uh, we kept it to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It just so happens the truck is leaving. Um, Thursday and Friday, we have to have everything there. Uh, but uh, slower times, we have now filled up our tanks. We're making some money. We're helping somebody else. Mm -hmm. And everybody wins in those situations. Sure. So I think when we think about filling up our tanks and when, you know, with free or discounted floats, sometimes it might not feel so good in the, mean, in the, um, in the moment. But long term, uh, a lot of people are getting to float that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. And it does increase visibility and it does increase brand and it does it in a way that's that's really positive that people remember mm -hmm. so cool. uh, exciting stuff going on well how about amy how about the rest of your week mm -hmm. what, what have you been up to so in the middle of the stuff the truck campaign where we suddenly <laughs> went from empty to full our <laughs> washing machine died oh yay <laughs> Hooray. Um, may or may not had a dream about that. I apologize. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm coming after you, Lance. You guys. Um, so up. I, get, I get a call from Mark. I think it was Sunday morning. I think it was Sunday morning. Yeah, he's like, uh, our washing machine isn't working. We are almost out of towels. Uh, hey, could you, could you help out? So I'm like running to work. I'm about 16 minutes away from work, running in, grabbing towels. And, of course, my husband's home. Um, so I'm like, hey, Bob, oh. uh, what you doing today? Shoot. Uh, so, yeah. So he helped out. and it, it, But, you know, in some ways, it could have been, been something bad. But it's so much, it, it kind of throws back to the old days. We used to do this when we opened. And um, hmm. I don't know. A little nostalgia. A little throwback. Unfortunately, That's funny. Yeah, a little throwback. <laughs> um, kicking it old school. And, and once again, we've got some other opportunities. People are stepping up to help us. Um, we do have a protocol for how our laundry needs to be done but we've got some people stepping up to help out mm. and uh, everybody's pitching in and hopefully it'll be fixed tomorrow but in the meantime lots of lots of laundry runs uh, good times fun times <laughs> totally oh <laughs> and of course right there. when we 
we finally pack our tanks. Uh, but right, yeah, I knew y'all got me on that one. Y'all know how that goes. It, it, That's it, all right. It has to work that way. If it died <laughs> while you were slow, that it, it's just the universe Where's doesn't. Where's the fun in that? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, too easy to appreciate that. That's right. You're good at That's appreciation, it. so this is a good test. Nice. It, it, it's good. <laughs> I, I really can't say I'm too horribly upset about it. Um, but uh, and everybody's handling it so well. So yeah, those disasters happen, and they eh, do. Isn't that get through it? Funny. That's something that I think I realized when we flooded recently was just the like, yeah, incredibly effing crazy shit goes down. Yeah, that's part of my life, and we yeah. go about it. <laughs> yeah, pipes burst. Yeah, things happen. It's a flow center. You expect it after a while. I <laughs> yeah, think. after a while, like you it's do. just part of it. And there is a little bit of, that's funny that you said the nostalgia part. That that resonates with me. That there is some uh, nostalgia. Like, yay, I get to just get down and dirty with this, whatever it is. Something about it. Kind of feels (laughs) good to put in that extra elbow grease. Right? Nice. (laughs) It's nice. Anything else with your week? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna put this in because, you know, I came back with that post-float glow. Mm-hmm. And then I turned around and realized, um, like y'all have been mentioning, it was actually a fire lit under my butt. Nice. Um, and hit the ground, I hit the ground run when I came back. Uh, you know, we hadn't been to the float conference for two years. And when you're away from this amazing group that we have, uh, sometimes it gets, you kind of forget why you're doing this. You get maybe a little down. Um, it was tough making it through two years without that energy, but, um, man, a bunch of that, hmm. that good stuff came kind of rolling back. In fact, the cool part was, you know, we finally get done with the conference. We're on the plane home and guess what? I got to sit on a plane right next to one of the people from the conference. It was just very random at 4am. Oh, funny. Oh, oh at 4am. It was 4am flight out <laughs> on Wednesday morning and, um, I'm like, oh, this is serendipitous. Uh, I get to cool. I get to talk float even on the way home, and it was somebody nice. just getting ready to start their float center. Oh, so wow. we got to talk like marketing. We got to. He was like showing me how he's doing his logo. He's an artist, and he was cool. drawing his logo. And it's like, oh, this is so much fun. I forgot <laughs> how much I loved this. I forgot the passion and the energy and the yeah, all that good stuff. So, you know, we hit the ground running. We've been doing a lot of cold calls. Trying to reach out to community, which sounds scary, by the way. Yeah, cold um, calls are scary. But it, for most and people. I was terrified at first. But you know, you're reaching out to other healthcare providers. Um, we've talked to a, a doula, a company that oh. has several doulas. I reached out to some nonprofits, um, and that I knew had some some uh, clientele that could benefit from floating. And everybody was super nice. They're very open to it. And really, I reached out hoping to get some more resources for our clients. But a oh, few of them are ending up into creating mutually beneficial relationships together. And I haven't done that in probably a good year or more. Huh, huh. Uh, and it's turning into some really, really cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to cold call community, man. I, I'm finding a whole new layer a whole new level of <laughs> clients that i i could have missed and so when you're you're calling them and you're saying hey can i get some information mm-hmm. to be able to give to my clients who might be interested in what yeah. you do 
And then mm-hmm. when you say That's... a mutually beneficial relationship, are you talking about yeah. a money exchange for every sale? Because that came up during our marketing mm-hmm. uh, uh, roundtable discussion. Or not marketing roundtable, right. but just right. our roundtable discussion. Sure, that did come up. No, no, actually, it's a matter of, hey, I understand that you do this. Are you treat um, these people or you... Uh, or you deal a lot. This is I'm thinking now of a nonprofit organization that mm-hmm. deals with um, lupus. In this case, okay. uh, I'm like, hey, we have a lot of clients with lupus. Um, I understand that you have some programs that they could um, pro- perhaps benefit from, and I'd like to get more information to put in our float center. And do you know of anybody? And always ask, do you know of anybody else? Who, and once we get in this conversation, I tell them what we do. Do you know of anybody else who might um, might be interested in floating or uh, might benefit from what we do? Mm-hmm. They always have somebody. It led to somebody else. Reached out to them. Same thing. I have a few clients with this issue, and I hear that you offer programs. And so it goes, and so it goes. And what we've ended up doing is, in some cases, it's just been a matter of a simple brochure change. But in other places, it's like, hey, if somebody comes from your organization – um, what can what can we do? Can we offer? Can we create uh, a deal? Mm-hmm. And once again, this is where you do have to think things through. Um, once again, Lance brought up a very important thing. If you're trying to fill tanks, this might be an opportunity to do it. Uh, an opportunity to go and speak at their meetings if they have mm-hmm. if they have uh, support meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, an opportunity to bring them in at a discounted rate during your slow times. An opportunity to well, you never know. Um, you never really know. But every time I called someone, it led to somebody else. And that led to somebody else. And that <laughs> led to somebody else. And and so all of a sudden, uh, the reason I'm a little frazzled tonight is because I've been at meetings all day. I was at meetings all day yesterday. I was at meetings all day last Thursday. Um, I've had at least two to three. To f- Actually, one day I had four meetings where it's just going and talking to people and creating connection and creating community and finding out ways we can help each other. And it's been so positive. And I'm so shy and I was so scared. <laughs> and it's turned into this really amazing thing for me really um, cool. and for the float center. Sure. Uh, but it's a great way to connect with the community. And you never, ever know. Just be open to, you know, I, I don't, I don't worry about what I want. I want to hear what they have to offer. Yeah, and cool. things just happen. I love that. That's great. Nice work, Amy. It's blow my really mind. Cool. And by the way, you wear, if you're frazzled, you wear it very well. <laughs> I had no idea you were frazzled. <laughs> you are nice. I like you. Yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah, I'm getting excited again. Now I'm getting excited to listen to y'all. <laughs> and I'm getting excited all over again. And yeah. To Amy, yeah, it's just one more meeting. One more meeting. Just one more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want so to. Shy, oh, sorry. Well, well, uh, no, I was going to say, so if you're, if anybody's shy, just suck it up and do it. It'll change everything. That's awesome. And you do consider yourself to be shy. Super. So, yeah, guys, don't. Terrifying. Yeah, cool. Takes takes about three phone calls and you're over it and you're in a yep. groove. Hmm. And you just keep on keeping on. So just call another state the first time. Just people who have nothing to do with your float center. Get those <laughs> out. Then call locally. <laughs> Good stuff. Ah, let's see here. We oh, sorry. Speaking of callbacks, no, I quickly want to touch on something. Sure. I brought it up in the roundtable discussion where I said it's six time, it costs six times more to get a new client than it does to uh, bring someone that's already been with you back in mm-hmm. or reach out to an existing client, I should say. And a good way of doing that is just calling the people that have floated with you. Do a quick survey, 15 to 20 second survey. Hey, um, 
what we do is when you call them back, we go, uh, we ask people uh, what was their favorite part about their float or what was the reason why they came to float. And then we asked um, what's holding them back from floating more often. And then we could break that into categories. And then um, we ask if they'd like to rebook. And there's also a promo for doing our quick survey where you save whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah, callbacks are good. That's been good for us, too. We've just recently incorporated that. So don't be scared of that phone. (laughs) And callbacks are also a great way to find out who your raving fans are and and also to kind of vet who would be a good fit for your referral referral system, referral service. We've met people that way as well. We're big fans of of phone calls. Connecting with clients makes a difference. You find out all kinds of stuff. Of course it does, right? Of course. We just have to do it. Cool. And Thank you guys. I, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> you guys' inspiration to do that. It's a good reminder. Whew, there's a lot we want to cover today. Um, let's see here. First, of course, I want to give a shout out to Float Away, www.floataway.com. Sponsor that's been with us since the beginning. Uh, you guys, did you guys all see Colin's speech over the float conference yes. weekend? Yes. Yeah. It was going to be one of my, yes, I knew it was yes. going to be one of my favorites <laughs> and it was. It's kind of, it, it's nice. It's nice. It, it's relieving to, uh, you know, have float away as a sponsor and be able to talk about them every week and then have Colin go in and just totally represent. <laughs> I was like, ah, that was, that's nice. I was like, yeah, that's right. He, he knows his stuff. He's. He, uh, he's systematic. He's a researcher in a you know different sense than, say, what Liber's doing, but he's passionate about his float tanks. Speaking of Liber, he does, uh, he has made the float tanks that they use at, at Liber. And, uh, you know, there's more than just the standard float tanks stuff going on. He's helping with uh, research equipment and doing more advanced things. I think one of the things he talked about at the conference, I think he mentioned this, uh, was, you know, lifting your hand up to turn the light on in the room. Uh, what, a, what a cool tiny little thing but what a big difference that makes especially for somebody who might have ptsd or high anxiety uh towards floating or being being in an enclosed space that makes a really big difference so that's just a little insight to call in right there of just the the efficiencies that they that they kind of push forward in in their float tanks speaking of which our float tank has not left europe yet so it just oh, keeps getting no. pushed back I don't even want to go into it because I'm going to get upset, <laughs> but uh, I uh, I really want that float tank to show up and I, I want to just kind of be done because that will be a bit symbolic of like, we're kind of done with some major renovations at the float shop. I mean, there's always, there's continuous things and more things came up in the employee meeting today, but that's a big one that I want to be done with before we have our little baby. So um, we, we do want the float shop to be kind of running on autopilot without improvements going on for a while and our employees are kind of just accustomed to there's always something going on there's always a refinement or construction or something and there's a a chop saw in the middle of the break room and stuff like that and (laughs) it's kind of important to just give them time to just be float facilitators just have a break room and do with do what they're meant to do you know so um, yeah yeah. Is this still part of the ad? www.floataway.com. Uh, check them out. Give them, uh, contact them. They're super fun, super sweet people. They've, they've just because of us owning a tranquility float tank, we've become friends with them. They're they're sweet people. So it's always fun to talk with them about business stuff because they're just fun, sweet people. 
uh, they, I want to play a bunch of speak pipes. We have a, a few speak pipes that have collected over Float Conference weekend and, and today as well. And uh, but before that, I also want to mention um, something that uh, a woman named Nicole. I won't give give away, give away her last name um, on Float. Uh, excuse me, float facilitators on Facebook uh, left, which is Flotation Therapy Weekly. So basically, she's used an app uh, p- called Paperly to, or a website to create a automatic collator of float-related news and information. You can choose if, if you want float photos, you can click on that. If you want the science stuff that's going on, you can click on that. And it just aggregates everything from online uh, any any web page online into this uh, it, just very well presented web page. So uh, we'll put the link for that site on uh, artofthefloat.com in the show notes field if you want to check that out. Um, you know, I, I, I use other people's, uh, other float facilitators as an aggregator. I've used Google uh, Alerts as an aggregator in the past. And this just looks way more fun and inviting. <laughs> I, uh, I just highly recommend uh, people use this bookmark the page and, you know, every morning just hop on and check it out. And you don't have to wait for another flow setter to post it. You could you could be the first one to, to go out there with it. So um, it's cool. I dig it. And have you guys checked it out? I have. You guys like it? Had a yeah, good time most reading. certainly. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Now I want to dive into our speak pipes, and we, we've got a few of them here. The first is from Dave Seafeld, who has been with the industry for quite some time. He manufactures float tanks, and he's helping me with my uh, filtration system. He also will will uh, talk about Gary Ferguson, who gave a presentation at the float conference, and Dave's helped him with his float tank as well. So very sweet man, and let's hear what he has to say. This is Dave. Another great episode. Thank you. Miss you all already. Keep up the good work. See you soon. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I love him. So love him. Sweet guy. So uh, sweet. Miss you, Dave. Um, let's play Mason's speak pipe. Uh, it starts out a little funny. I've listened to this one already. Yes, bear, bear with it because it, it makes sense by the end. <laughs> Go for it. Dream pod. Isopod. The float pod. The escape pod. The Samadhi. Which tank do I choose? <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> I heard that sentiment a lot. Yes. <laughs> for the float conference. Yes. I think we talked about that last episode. There's something like 17 manufacturers going on now. It's uh, it's a lot. There's a lot. I don't know. I don't know how to help you, Dang. Mason. I haven't floated in every tank. I haven't broken out the spreadsheets and looked at all the options. And even if you do that, there's do you buy Generation 1 or do you buy Generation 7? Somebody that's been in for a while. What's the relationship going to be like with them? You don't know. Uh, when there's 17, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how to make that decision. However... <laughs> As we mentioned last uh, last episode, we're going to do an annual uh, survey on float tanks. 
And so what we're going to try to do, and obviously for somebody, for a float manufacturer that's brand new, we won't have information, but for existing float tank manufacturers, as long as somebody owns their float tank, they're going to be able to submit uh, a review score and we'll be able to put out some metrics on how float tanks are, are evaluating. And depending on what you prioritize, uh, you'll be able to make uh, some judgments yourself. So that's our idea. Uh, we definitely will have to do some refining on that. We really want to make sure that we understand what are the things people are looking for in float tanks. How do we actually grade those things? Um, you know, how do you grade things that are more opinion based or you feel this way versus hardcore metrics? So we want to make sure it's valuable um, to, to everyone when we put that out. So Mason, we don't have an answer for you tonight, but uh, we will soon. Uh, the next one comes from Ireland, who came out to Portland from the Float Conference. We have Vivian here. Hello from Hydries in Northern Ireland. It's Viv McKinnon here. Um, just thought I would record a wee thank you and say a wee bit for this. Um, what I got from the conference was a massively warm welcome from everybody who was there. So thank you very much. It was a great feeling of community and compassion and just really solidly confirmed for me that I'm in the right industry. Um, in terms of what I learned, I suppose I learned how spoiled I was and, and when we opened here. We had got our cabins from Floataway and Colin and Jeannie were with us every step of the way. They had so much experience of it, they told us about the pitfalls, the you know, areas of concern and they really mentored us through that. So it was, it, it, was, it was really good as well as all the new research about the default mode network and oh, there was just so much. Um, a special moment for me, there was, oh God, there were so many, I met so many brilliant people, I had so many really, really special conversations and times and it was brilliant, but one that stands out was chatting with Gary Ferguson when he realised I was from Ireland and his, his roots are in Ireland, so he was really, um, he was really excited about the whole prospect of possibly doing work together and stuff like that. Um, I'd, you know, I, I met so many friends, uh, so many, came back with so many business ideas, um, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, there's groups and individuals and, you know, just a huge thank you to everybody who just welcomed me into the community. I it made me realise I'm, I'm definitely in the right industry and, and I'm here to stay and I look forward to seeing you all again and our paths crossing and, um, and good luck everybody. Speak soon. Bye. Thank you, Vivian. That was, that was really awesome. I'm glad you had such positive takeaways from the float conference. That sounds very similar to our experiences of that that networking, the the energy that you get from everybody and having a sense of community. Oh, and so many ideas, right? That's so common after the float conference. I got all these things I want to implement. That's so cool. That's coming out of Portland, going all the way back across across the pond. How cool is that? Um, thank you so much for for sharing, Vivian. And of course, uh, you mentioned Gary Ferguson. We'll, we'll be talking about him more later in this episode. So thank you again. Thank you so much for sharing what you got out of it. Uh, I also want to share Gloria's uh, speak pipe here. Go for it. Hey, guys. It's Gloria Irwin from Float60 in Chicago. And I love the uh, thing you're doing here with uh, the audio and capturing what we liked most about the conference. I mean, first and foremost, just catching up with everybody in the industry was fantastic. Uh, totally different perspective for me, given that I was planning my float center at the last conference and now operating one at this one. So it was extremely valuable for me to uh, really understand how people are doing things, understanding water quality. Um, but I was most intrigued by all of the interesting analytics coming from Justin Feinstein and the other speakers. It, it was very powerful and I'm very motivated to continue 
uh, capturing our own analytics here at Float60. Also, a very fun event we had on Friday where Vivian from North Ireland led a laughter yoga session, uh, met some fantastic people at that session. It was awkward and totally uncomfortable, which made me extremely excited to do it. Um, that definitely was a special moment. And uh, yeah, just cat catching up with everybody, putting faces to names, and I just can't express how much enthusiasm I walked away with uh, being there at the conference with everyone. So thank you for all you do. Love your podcast and hope to talk to you soon. Oh man, that's so sweet. Thank you so much, Gloria. And how cool that she just mentioned Vivian. How funny is that? I love it. Um, all those awkward moments are special ones. I like that. I like that. Oh, that's great. Thank, and thanks, Vivian, for hosting Laughter Yoga out of, out of the float shop space too, that everybody seemed to really, really enjoy that. So thank you. Um, also, yeah, the, the research and the data coming out of Libert, of course. Uh, we want to cover that more in the, in the float uh, on the podcast. Um, super fascinating. Uh, that definitely was talked about at our team meeting today and like just every float conference, I, we seem to just come home with more information. And as we talk to clients, just the, the level that we talk to our clients at is raised, like the amount of information we're able to bring to people. It's really cool. And it's great to be able to offer something that might be considered a little woo-woo and bring in some hard science into it, uh, even if it's simply preliminary research results. That's very exciting. And I also like that she's excited to do research out of out of Float 60 too. I mean, that's I, I love it hearing people doing their own research out of their float centers, collecting data. No, it's, it doesn't have IRB pr approval. You know, it's not going to be published in a journal, but I still think it makes a difference, and, and that's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks everybody for leaving your speak pipes. That's fantastic, and I look forward yeah. to hearing more of those. That's so much fun to. Mm -hmm. From Ireland, from wherever, to, to bring them all over all over the world on, onto the show and spread that to everybody else is very fun. Very, very fun to me. Before we move on to our main topic, I want to give a shout out to this little thing. You may or may not have heard of it on our show, but it's called the Float Conference. It's an annual meeting where everybody gets together and learns about all the science of floating and uh, gets inspired, fired up, goes home with a lot of ideas and... Um, www.floatconference.com is where you would go to check out um, previous speakers. There's tons of videos online uh, of, of previous speakers. And we have one, Gary Ferguson, that we'll be talking about in just a minute here, already up. And I'm sure more will be popping up very quickly here as well. Uh, judging by the first one that they've released, they've done a really good job with them too. They're high resolution. The audio is great. And they, I mean, they even have like panning to the audience and everything in the videos. So... They, they've done a nice job. So uh, float conference, I know, Lance, you're going to correct me on this, but mark your calendars for next year's float conference and know there's not a date just yet. But man, is it worthwhile. So floating and veterans. It's our, it's our show topic, and it's our topic for a few reasons. Um, one is just it's been percolating more and more in the float industry, and the other is we had two veterans on stage, one after the other, um, speaking about floating. Uh, we had Gary Ferguson, who has <laughs> been mentioned a lot in this show already, which is pretty <laughs> funny, and the other gentleman, uh, Mick Houghton, I believe is his name, and his wife, Beck, came on stage, and he is from Australia. He's a veteran, and he suffered uh, intense PTSD. And that's both he and Gary have suffered 
very intense post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, fortunately, you, you can you can listen to Gary's speech right now and, and hear his story, which was very intense. I, I you, you don't hear stuff like that very often. I mean, he uh, didn't spend a lot of time on, on his military career, but what he did share was brutal. It's not something that people openly share. People don't talk about it, uh, about their military service and, and what they've done and the price that they've paid for the reason that they've ended up in the mental state that they're in. Uh, uh, Michael or, or Mick, I think is, is what he goes by. He, um, he, he also very, very bluntly, he did share what, what he went through. And um, I, I think I'll save the exact details for, for the video rather than us, us sharing it. But he lost, he lost friends and, and uh, you know, buddies from in the military and yeah. and he came back messed up he uh he he lost it and beck was there for him and was caring for him and she lost it she lost her her kind of grip on her balance in life by taking care of him uh they were both mentally emotionally and physically unhealthy because of it and um I really appreciated Beck being on stage because we we have some understanding of PTSD and how it can affect an individual, but I don't think we talk about how it affects the family members as often. And this was so good to see her on stage and um, somebody who was completely committed to her husband. And because of that, there was an extremely high price to pay. <clears throat> so... Uh, sticking with, with Beck's story here and their presentation, uh, what basically she was like, this, this just can't go on. Uh, this, in fact, I think Beck said that he, he literally wouldn't be alive today if, if they didn't find alternate treatments. He, he was going to take his own life. And, mm. uh, and Gary Ferguson also mentioned that, uh, he didn't care about people. He'd, he'd kill a person if they wanted to fight, he didn't care. He had, he had just lost all sense of, of balance in his life and, and self-care, any of that. It was all gone. And uh, so Beck, uh, the, the Australian veteran, uh, or I'm sorry, the wife to the Australian uh, veteran, she said she hopped on Google and she just started looking for alternative wellness, uh, alternative means to helping cope with PTSD. And she, she listed quite a few things. The things that come up for me were yoga, marijuana and floating and i believe that's why you know we did we did warrior <laughs> project is is what they've mm -hmm. developed uh and i think it took her i think it was at least a month before she could even get him to go to a float center uh which if you know anybody suffering from uh from depression you you know that's uh, or if you've suffered depression yourself you'd know that that probably resonates with you pretty well motivation is is at a complete zero and uh, so, but but she did get him into a float tank, and it sounded like that had a pretty pretty very quick miraculous impact on him. And his story, along with with Gary's, and you guys can can feel free to jump in here. I, I don't want to overstate anything, um, and I want to hear your guys' opinions. But but uh, along with Gary's, I mean Gary did. Uh, uh, he he said, you know, if you can do. So basically, the, the motto is 90 day days of AA and you'll be sober for life. I think there's a catchier way to say that. So he said, well, then it must work for floating too. So 90 days of floating. <laughs> and, and that's what he did. Yeah. And 90 minutes, 90 days right? is what he committed to and worked through. That's, that's commitment. That's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, that is commitment. It is. 
It's amazing. And he found a lot of benefit from it as well. So how how interesting. Uh, this is something that we see in our industry already. And we hear these anecdotal things. And so it was really cool to see more um, anecdotal information up on stage, but also people who are taking that and running with it with with groups and campaigns. And uh, I think Lance even mentioned at the at the beginning of the show the the Wounded Warriors campaign, and uh, now we have uh, Pathways for Veterans, which doesn't specifically target floating. What they what Gary is doing, if you go to the Pathway for Veterans website, is uh, empowering you to work with veterans. And I think if there's going to be flotation involved, I think that'll be further down the line before that's implemented. Uh, as far as the weeded, as far as the weeded warrior project, Amy, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, oh no! I, I was. Uh, I he does have a program that, uh, like you said, it, you can take it into the. They they create a program that they suggest, um, but you can take it and do whatever you want with it. Um, and I know that Gary is already pushing that, uh, not pushing it in a bad way, but <laughs> but presenting it out there for us to to grab onto right. if we want to. He's been very open with that information. Yeah, his his passion is is helping sufferers of PTSD. And so there, there are price tags associated with particular things with his project. And I would say no matter what, if that doesn't seem within your means, just speak to him. Like no matter what, you will be able to implement this, uh, whatever, by whatever means it's, it's possible. Uh, it's his first priority is helping people. So, uh, the <laughs> man, they really stacked him back to back on this one. Cause the, the, uh, with uh, Mick and Beck up on stage, that was brutal to to mm-hmm. to my heart. It was very difficult. Gary's was also very difficult, and both were inspiring, but um, but it was tough. And I know, sorry, go ahead. I, I was gonna say for anybody who's listening for the float conference swag bag next year, if somebody would be kind oh. enough to put in some branded <laughs> tissues, it would be awesome because I know that I was looking for some. Um, they were they were tough yeah. to hear. Yeah, tough to hear. And cheers to them for speaking so openly too, by the way. Like, uh, I, I just think that in itself makes such a big difference. It, it doesn't have to be a secret. It doesn't have to be just uh, discussed between individuals. But we as a, an open community all in that hall together can share in that was really special. I think it was really beautiful. So thanks to Gary, Beck, and Mick for, for sharing your guys' experiences. Well, the other thing that, they, that was brought up that I found interesting between both was also nutrition. Um, there was a big nutrition link, um, both with Beck and Mick's story and, uh, Gary and Rochelle, uh, program. And I know that there, I met several people in the float industry who are very involved with nutrition as well. Um, and I can think of Greg Griff off the top of my head, but he's not the only one. Uh, and I know Greg comes to mind a lot. Uh, so, uh, so that's another way to reach out and, and add value to people's life. But I, uh, I really... It was interesting to see the things that they were talking about are things that we can easily, easily implement. Mm-hmm. It's not very difficult to do. Uh, you know, one of the, and oh, sorry, I, I can't remember if this was said on stage or not. I think it was, but one of them, as you were talking about implementation, is encourage them not to close the lid their first couple floats. Just get used to the environment. Uh, so it, uh, closing the lid early could could bring up things that is too much in the first float, and so I thought that was interesting. But were there any other things that were immediately actionable? You know, you know what I, what I was thinking about is on Friday there was a talk. Uh, Corey from oh goodness Asheville, North Carolina. Why can I not think of it? 
Soul Point Wellness. Uh, he is a therapist as well, and he actually did a talk on how to deal with clients who are coming in who are very nervous. Mm. And I can see taking bits and pieces from his talk uh, and applying it to that situation. Um, I was hoping that we'd hear a little bit more on specifics on how to deal with PTSD when they come into our center because they do, in some cases, seem very they're like special cases. I get a little nervous about handling, uh, about dealing with them and providing them with an experience that is that is safe for them and comfortable for them. Um, so, when I spoke to Gary afterwards, um, he was very open. I hope we can have him on to talk sometime. He's very open about ways that we can approach them and okay. um, and ways that we can. Uh, make that a special time for them and make it comfortable for them. And during his talk, I believe he addressed as well. Oh, maybe it wasn't during his talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> but talking about ways to, to get them to that theta state. <laughs> I know it does kind of, doesn't it? But to get to that, to that theta state to help them relax um, before, uh, before they go into their tank experience and the importance of helping them basically transition from the outside world to the tank. Mm. Yeah, let's, Definitely get him on the show then, because I think we would all like to be empowered with those tools to better serve uh, sufferers of PTSD in our in our doors, within our walls. Lance, how about you? Yeah, like I said earlier, I haven't dealt much with uh, people with PTSD or veterans or mm-hmm. anything like that, so it's all it's all quite new to me. I, you know, we're we're going to be having a meeting with our employees and you know break down what is PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know what are you know what may be some of the things these people may feel when they're going through their first float. Um, really, just educate ourselves on on this whole this whole thing. And I've I've heard from countless people that it's a it's a powerful tool for those suffering from PTSD or those who are working in high stress environments. But mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I. I th- I think in Float Nation in the uh, documentary that's out, and you can find that on YouTube if you want to watch a feature-length documentary on floating. Um, th- a lot of people say, you know, there'd be no war if we if we were all floating. You know, just once a week there'd be no war, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, or how true. But but I think there would certainly be positive impact, and uh, especially after hearing these speakers, you want to say. <laughs> Just putting human beings in this position, that the cost to each individual who has to be in that position is just absolutely beyond what we were intended for. And it, I think, uh, yeah, it'd be great if we can get everybody in the float tank and prevent war from happening. But the fact that that same tool can help people who did suffer through war is is a pretty amazing thing as well. And so it, I just love what we're doing, man. I just love uh, where it leaves people and, and how it can help people heal. It can, it can provide, it can be continued wellness and it can also be recovery as well. So it's a good, it's a good industry to be in. It feels really good. So are, do either of you run any sort of PTSD program out of your facilities? We no? do 15% off for veterans and beyond that, we don't have anything specific for sufferers of PTSD. Uh, and we do also have a, um, we have a percentage off as well. Uh, but it, and interestingly enough, we have thought about it, but we have not moved forward mostly because um, the veterans that we do see, we do actually, our float center is only about three miles away from a VA hospital and we do live near an army base. 
and we've had some pretty intense situations and I have always, you know, for me, it's important to educate our staff on how to deal with that and, and how to help them better. So we haven't pushed forward, but it's something we definitely have an interest in and we definitely do have the, um, do have the, I don't want to say the market, that's not true, but we do have people mm -hmm. who could benefit from that Your if we did reach demographic out. Demographic. So. Is... Yeah, demographic is high on, our, high on our list. Well, I... But we want to get some people involved, some therapists. I, what, I, what I'm excited about is the industry is growing to a point, and, and now we've had two presenters uh, talking about floating in PTSD, where uh, more people are doing, well, gosh, there was also the speech on Friday. I know the Float Brothers are working on how to work with sufferers of PTSD. It just seems like it's more and more, okay, we've had the anecdotal experiences throughout. That was, that's been talked about for, for years now, and now it seems like there's more... Um, what's the word? It's becoming more solid for us to actually grab onto something and develop a program, whether it's a program, not necessarily a, like a, a therapy program, but what are, what are best practices and protocols that we should be using in dealing mm -hmm. with sufferers of PTSD to make sure they have the most positive quote unquote therapeutic experience possible that could potentially lead to some really incredible benefits. And I, I want to say recovery. Um, I, I, when I say the word recovery, I always think of Emily Norin, where with anorexics, they don't, uh, who wrote Unspeakable, she's an employee of ours who suffered from anorexia, anorexia which also led to drug use. And um, she, she talks about how with anorexia, they don't like to use the word recovered because with anorexia, you're never fully recovered. Relapse is incredibly high. And it's a, it's a battle of, of uh, maintaining diet and all these other things to keep you healthy and alive while still suffering from anorexia, if that makes any sense. Uh, and uh, she considers herself recovered. She just mentioned recently, it's really weird to her to think that she was anorexic, even though she suffered from it for 14 years. So could it be possible that sufferers of PTSD could truly let go of that? And we, we saw Mick, who, I mean, you saw pictures of him and eventually the video will be released where he looked like shit. He looked terrible and his wife looked rough too because they were both suffering from the consequences of, of PTSD and he looked great. He was very sweet to talk with. I, I spoke with him after his speech and uh, he, he's very, very nice, personable man. And, uh, and, and his wife is incredibly sweet as well. So uh, how much power is really in those float tanks? And of course, another question is probably, you know, how do we combine modalities as well? Uh, marijuana is an interesting one. I think it's looked at more and more as as a medicine and and more casual than <laughs> than what's rated as a Schedule One, what is it, narcotic or Schedule One drug in the U.S., which is up there with heroin. Yet it's also legal in Oregon and and actually a growing number of states and to some to some level. So what to how do we combine floating with other modalities for sufferers of PTSD as well, and also. I'm curious if um, whether it's Gary Ferguson's Ferguson's pathway for veterans, or if it's going to be another group that really develops a program integrating float tanks and other modalities to wellness for sufferers of PTSD. I don't know what that final result is. Maybe it's just it's an incremental improvements. I don't know, but currently the way that veterans are taken care of is it's a shit show. It's not good. There's not enough money devoted to it, and 
simple things like medications and pharmaceuticals aren't doing the job. It, it's gross. And I've seen my wife working with veterans for years as, as a nurse, and they all have their hearts in the right place. They want to do good on the individual level. But the resources aren't there to do that. And I don't, I, my personal take is that the proper float research hasn't, <laughs> float, the, the proper PTSD uh, research into PSD, PTSD hasn't been done. Because if, if the answer simply is giving out a pill to, to numb yourself, there's got to be a better answer. And it's starting to sound like there is a better answer. And how exciting the float tanks seem to be part of that across, I want to say country, across the world and Canada even, uh, there's lots of really cool feedback coming back about uh, PTSD and floating. So I'm looking forward to it. And let's get more guests on who are working with veterans who have insights to that. So let's do that. Anything else you guys want to share? Well, I know, I, I know people are thinking about it. We have actually been approached by Wounded Warrior. Uh, they had a lot of questions. Uh, I don't, I think there's a lot of red tape. And like you said, there's not a whole lot of um, research yet that maybe they need in order to move forward. But there are people thinking about it and there are people talking about it. And I think that's a really amazing place to start. And there are a lot of people right now in our own community who are doing kind of grassroots Mm -hmm. uh, programs. And, you know, a lot of stuff can start from there. A lot, you know, who knows what that's going to accomplish. That might be the push that the industry needs to to become a part of that recovery process. Yeah, as we see the industry grow, we see, we're starting to see people actually develop technologies specific to the float industry, and it seems like that's what's what's next for PTSD as well, something something more specific. But also what you mentioned, the grassroots, grassroots efforts, what, what an important note. Don't wait. <laughs> Don't wait for these protocols or, or somebody to, to sign off on a really specific uh, therapy, but uh, if, if you know some somebody suffering from PTSD or a friend of a friend, or if you can uh, reach out via Facebook or whatever it is to these people uh, to get them in and simply provide them a safe space and care, I think that's going to be the first steps, no matter, no matter what the official designation is of how we're supposed to do it, of course those are going to be the first things. And um, it sounds like just taking it easy with the float process itself, you know, whether it's turning the light out or shutting the lid, maybe, maybe some ease about it. But um, it, there's something that all of us can do reaching out. While we don't have a specific program at the float shop, we've had many people suffering from PTSD come into the float center and with, with nice results. But we also haven't experienced uh, a lot of longevity with our PTSD floaters either. So, um, yeah, there's definitely room to, to improve it as well. I'm on float facilitators right now. There are a few people who are starting some programs even, or at least trying to create some protocols and reaching out to people like uh, Matt Gangloff. And I know the float brothers are very involved is a, is a step that all of us can take uh, today. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, As always, we're on the social media at art, art of the float and uh, artofthefloat.com is where you can check out the link to uh, Paperly, the uh, the float new excuse me float therapy weekly uh, page to to get an update on uh, all the float news coming out every day, which is, really is happening every day. It's pretty incredible. And uh, beyond that, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.
listening to Art of the Float. 